Welcome to the River Tree Canal Fulton Podcast. It is week four of the Wild Goose Chase series. We're talking about the spirit and the body and what it means for us to be um, just designed by God for the work of the spirit in us, how that brings us unity and maturity uh, and all the other things. So join us. Uh, Christy Timmons does an incredible job preaching this week as we keep going deeper and deeper into our conversation about the Holy Spirit's ministry and presence and power in the church. So um, Canal Days is this weekend. You should make sure you come down and celebrate our wonderful town with us. And uh, we have still some needs for VBS at the end of July. If you're looking to help us out as we're blessing kids uh, and partnering with CFCF here in our community, we'd love to have you. So message us or go to our website where you can volunteer and find more information. With that, enjoy Wild Goose Chase Week 4. stand and sing with me. You are not alone if you are lonely when you feel afraid. You're not the only. We're all the same in need of mercy to be forgiven and be free. It's all you got to lean on but thank God it's all you need. And all the people said amen. of July. I'm so glad we can all uh, be here together to worship uh, freely in this space. I'm glad to see all of you here. 
Um, if you happen to be new or visiting us today, either here in person or online this morning, I want to ask that you fill out one of these welcome cards. This allows us to reach out and get to know you better. Um, we can send you a note, make sure you have our contact information, and make sure you get all the important information we send out uh, via email as well. If you're here in person, you can find these in the seat pockets in front of you. And if you're online, you can go to RivertreeCanalFulton.com and find Welcome Card under the button that says New Here. On the back of these cards, we have a space for prayer requests. And we do believe in the transformational power of prayer here. We love coming alongside you in this way, and we know that it's a privilege when you share these with us. So we would love for you to just jot down who or what you're praying for and know that we're praying for the same thing this week. Um, you will put these yellow cards, if you're here in person, in um, the offering bags as they come by here in a few moments. So you have plenty of time to fill these out and get prepared for offering as well. Um, we talk a lot about being for the people and places where God has placed us. And we talk about being for 46614 since we're here in Canal Fulton. It's a little play on our zip code. And we have an opportunity to do that very tangibly right now. And that's by um, supplying our kids and our community who can't buy their uh, school supplies. We can go out and do that for them. We have 27 backpacks to fill this year, which is a lot more than we normally do because there's a lot more families that need help this year. So we have these bags in the back of the room. You can grab one or more on your way out and uh, go ahead and buy the school supplies for a child who needs that uh, this school year. And this just helps them be successful. It sets them up for success this school year by having what they need right when school starts. So we have, um, there's three piles. There's the younger group, the middle schoolers, the high schoolers. You can pick whatever group you would like to supply. There's a lot of instructions here on the first page. Um, read through that, but know that you can you can return your book bag here on the 24th, and I will take it to the middle school for you. Or you can go ahead and return it to the middle school if you'd like yourself that week. Um, and then the second page has all of those school supplies. If you have kids in school, this looks very familiar. It's what everybody gets at the beginning of each school year, and you can go ahead and fulfill that for the students. This year, they're asking that we also buy the backpack itself if we're able to. If you're not able to, it's, it's fine. Um, they have a few that they can supply the kids, but if you're capable of buying that back backpack, it would be super helpful. So I hope that you will grab these on the way out. Since you're here on July 4th, well, it's not the 4th yet, you get first dibs. These are usually gone pretty quick, so um, I hope you all get what you'd like to do this year for those kids. Um, Let's pray before we head into uh, worship. Lord, um, we're so grateful for the way that you provide to us that we can go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community in this way. We ask that um, you would just bless these backpacks, that we would pray over them, that that would have an impact on these kids this year as they go into the school year. And we're extremely grateful for the relationship that we have with the schools, that they will come to us when they need help with things like this, that they open their doors to us and allow us to come in and pray for the teachers and the administrators and the kids. Um, Lord, we ask that you would just continue to foster that relationship, that you would bless the schools even now as the teachers are having their first their last few weeks before the first day of school, that you would just bless that time with them and their families, allow them to rest, rejuvenate, re-energize, and um, just let the school year be amazing. Um, it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> uh, this next song is called This Is My Story. And I've, I've known so many people in the church that many times they're like, I don't know if I can evangelize. I don't know. I don't know how to study the scriptures with somebody, or I, I don't know what I can tell them. And this song is basically, tell them your story. What, what's your story? Where have you been? Where are you now? Where have you come from? And, uh, and this song is just, just about that. This is your story. Mm -hmm. 
week when we come together, we worship in many different ways, and one of those ways is through our weekly offering. So if you are a part of this church, if you call River Tree Canal Fulton home, I want to thank you for always being so intentional in this way, for spending time in prayer weekly, preparing for this moment, um, and just supporting this local church in the way that you do. If you are visiting or new today, we hope you don't feel any pressure from us to participate. But if you would like to participate, there are several ways you can do that. Our screen will show you that um, there's a way to text to give. And this is probably the easiest way to give, right from your phone. You can set up recurring gifts that way. Um, you can also go to RivertreeCanalFulton.com and give there online. If you are here in person, you can give as our offering team comes forward here in just a moment. Let's pray over our offering this morning. Lord, we are um, incredibly grateful for the way that you do provide for us and for your church body. We ask that you would take these gifts and that you would multiply them and that you would use them to move your kingdom 
forward here in Canal Fulton, that you would make yourself known, that we would grow your body. Lord, we are incredibly thankful for everything that you do for us, and we love you very much. It's in your son's name that I pray. Amen. someone they loved long before it was the time feel like the days you had were not enough when you said goodbye and to all of the people with burdens and pains keeping you back from your life you believe that there's nothing, there is no one who can make it right. There is hope for the helpless, rest for the weary, and love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing, he'll meet you wherever you are. Cry out to Jesus, cry out to Jesus, for the marriage that's struggling just to hang on, they've lost all of their faith and love, and they've done all they can to make it right again still it's not enough for those who can't break the addictions and chains you try to give up but you come back again just remember you're not alone in your shame and your suffering hope for the helpless, rest for the weary, and love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing, he'll meet you wherever you are. Cry out to Jesus, cry out to reach out you just cry out for Jesus cry to Jesus to the widow who struggles with being alone wiping the tears from her eyes to the children around the world Without a home, say a prayer tonight. There is hope for the helpless and rest for the weary and love for the broken heart. There is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing. He'll meet you wherever you There is grace and forgiveness. 
At this time, I'd like to um, release the middle school students to Adam Robb in the back. He has a lesson prepared specifically for you all. Enjoy. We're going to start today with scripture. Um, we're in Acts 2, 42 through 47. You can go ahead and be seated if you'd like. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Show us who you are, how you unite us as a church body, how you mature us so that we can look more like you. Lord, just be with us today and don't let us leave this space without changing our hearts to be more like yours. It's in your son's name that I pray. Amen. So we uh, have been talking about the Holy Spirit for a few weeks now, and we've learned about who he is, what he does, being on mission with him. We've even heard how perfectly he is a gift to us, so much so that Jesus knew we needed him with us more than we needed Jesus beside us. We've also heard about how the Spirit works within us and that it looks more like a wild goose than a patient and peaceful dove. That's why we've called this series the Wild Goose Chase because following the Holy Spirit means that we will be disrupted, we will be made uncomfortable and that's because the Holy Spirit is working at restoring everything broken in this world, which means that we need to change and the world needs to change, which means we need to follow him on an adventure wherever he's calling us to go. The scripture I just read tells us about the church that was created on Pentecost. Um, and more than that, it tells us about the Holy Spirit creating a united church from a divided people. He created a church body to further God's kingdom by uniting us and maturing us to look more like him and continue his work in this world. So I doubt many of us have experienced moments where we have seen that kind of overwhelming unity among people who were divided. But I actually have one experience from my life that's sort of like that. Um, I used to work at a private reserve uh, up in upstate New York. Um, the town where the reserve was located was about 3,000 people. But in the summertime, the number of people in that town grew to 30,000 because it was a tourist attraction. So because of the small number of residents that lived there, we had to go through a company that made it possible for students from other countries to come here to the United States and work for the summertime. And one year I got to travel to Warsaw, Poland to interview candidates for those positions. And while I was there, um, a couple who had worked at the reserve the year before met me to show me around their city. And everything they showed me was amazing. Um, the architecture, the food, the music, the culture. But there was also other things that were amazing in a different way. There were buildings with bullet holes still in them. There were uh, random walls that were crumbling down that used to be buildings um, suffering from having been bombed. There was a big crater actually, almost in the middle of the town left over from war. But there was also this amazing artwork uh, randomly spray painted on streets and on the sides of buildings, in stairwells, um, 
it was so beautiful and it was something that people would seek out and stop and admire. It wasn't seen as like graffiti. It actually kind of told this, the hope of the future that was yet to come. But the thing that stuck out with me, to me most during that trip was um, this hope that was everywhere. There was this unity in hope that you could almost touch. Every single person had it, young, old, rich, poor. Um, it was this overwhelming sense of a hope for the future. I think that the hope that united everyone in that way um, gave me something where I could imagine what it might have been like the day that the Holy Spirit came on the believers at Pentecost. Everyone in Poland understands that tangible hope as well. It doesn't even matter if you don't speak their language. You know it's there and you are adopted into it. And it makes me imagine how welcoming that tangible hope is today for the refugees from Ukraine who are entering Poland, like they're being adopted into this amazing unity of hope. It's hard for us to imagine that kind of unity, though, because we live in a place where we're more divided. The United States is uh, experiencing, especially right now, a time in history where there are at least two opposing sides to many major issues going on, and all sides feel as though they're right and they're passionate about it. There's no common ground, there's no healthy conversation, there's no hope for unity in the future. And I think, although some might assume that we are united though, because we live in this country together, but the thing is that being spatially near one another does not make us united in any way. Uh, while I was in Poland, I actually came across many different foods that I had never eaten before, but one that is unforgettable is called zimnoski. It literally means cold little feet. It's made with jellied cow or pig feet. Those are simmered in a grayish gelatin of some kind with some herbs and some peas and carrots in there. And all of that goodness you can see on the TV is united in that jelly bowl-shaped thing. But listen, two gross things put together is still gross. <laughs> they may be united in that jelly stuff, but they're not united in creating anything good. Even though we're here in the same country together, even though our country is named the United States, just being in one place together does not make us all united. And the same goes for our church body as well. It is possible to attend church together but not be united. We need the Holy Spirit to do that. I imagine all those people at Pentecost from many different cultures, people who had hated each other for their entire lives, Jews, Gentiles alike, all gifted with this beautiful Holy Spirit, which puts them together and unites them to continue the work of Jesus. All these people united as the church became the body of Christ. And that kind of unity can only be explained by the Holy Spirit. It would take his type of power to make that happen. I spent some time reading and rereading the Pentecost story. It's one of those stories that I just always find myself gravitating to. And I think it's fascinating because it was the moment that the believers became the body of Christ. It was the very moment that the church was united and began the mission of spreading the good news. Another interesting part of the story for me is the way that Jesus asked his disciples to wait for something that would be coming. In Acts 1, 4, and 5, it says, Once when he was eating with them, he command, commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as, he to as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So they didn't know exactly what was coming 
um, but they knew that it was promised. They knew that it was something that Jesus wanted them to have, so they waited. But I have wondered why they had to wait. Like, why didn't Jesus just pour out the Holy Spirit on them while he was there with them? Well, I think the answer lies in what else was going on. People from all over were traveling to Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. So I believe they had to wait for the people to arrive because of what was about to happen. In Acts 2.1, it says that all the believers gathered in one place. And in Acts 2.4, it says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. So maybe they had to wait for everyone to get there so that, that God's gift could be poured out perfectly on everyone so that all could receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the church body would be united and revealed in that moment. There was major disruption at this time by the Holy Spirit as well. They had been following leaders of the church by going to temple. But on Pentecost, all of that changed. He brought all the believers together, gifting them with the Holy Spirit, who immediately united them. And we heard earlier how they started meeting in each other's homes and sharing meals and praising and worshiping God together. This was all different. Acts 2, 1 through 4 says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. In earlier times, God had divided these people. He had scattered them at the Tower of Babel, and God created a division to the point where they all started speaking different languages. And at Pentecost, we see the Holy Spirit disrupting things once again, but all who had been divided at the Tower of Babel are now united. The Holy Spirit even made it possible so that they could all understand the good news that was preaching was being preached that day by allowing them to hear it in their own language. The new church was united in every way by the Holy Spirit to carry on the work of Jesus. The community that was developed that day during the miracle of Pentecost was the utopia that every Christ follower dreams of a gathering of diverse people unified by faith in Jesus Christ, loving and learning from each other, sharing with and serving each other, praying and worshiping together, and winning souls for the kingdom of God on a regular basis. The Holy Spirit unites us in the same way. That utopia is still available to us today through the Spirit. Ephesians 4, 3 to 6 says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. We're called to be the church and to be united, getting along with one another, loving one another, working together all to multiply the kingdom of God. And unity is critical to the success of the calling of the church. But this unity does not come easy. It's not a natural thing for us humans to get along and remain unified. We're all very different and unique. It's only possible through the Holy Spirit that the church body would be made up of all of us different people, all of us unique people, to create something that's whole. Our diversity doesn't contradict the oneness of God's power. The purpose of our unity is ultimately to be united so that we can mature in the body of Christ. 
so that we can be like him and continue his work in this broken world. Our uniqueness is perfect and part of his plan. The, the Holy Spirit gives each of us specific gifts to serve each other and the body, but our gifts together also make us one. United in the Spirit, our differences together make us whole. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 30 says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First, our apostles. Second, our prophets. Third, our teachers. Then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. We're given diverse gifts by the one spirit for the purpose of lifting up Jesus and building up people. The answers to the questions that were asked in verses 29 and 30 is no, we're not all the same. We don't all have the same gifts and no one gift makes you better than the person sitting next to you. There's no one gift that makes you more or less mature either. Each gift is needed and given purposefully for the body and the continued work we're called to do as the church. We have an assessment actually here at River Tree Canal Fulton that we encourage every person who is with us to take. It's called the GPS assessment. It identifies your gifts, your passion, and your story, and it, it identifies what makes you unique. I can email it to you if you haven't taken it and you're interested, just let me know. But this assessment actually identifies how God uniquely made you and why he has placed you where he has. And it helps us figure out how you fit in to the work that we're doing here at River Tree Canal Fulton as well. Identifying our gifts, our passion, and our story helps us join Jesus in the work that he has had planned for us long ago. Here at River Tree Canal Fulton, um, out in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in the schools, in your villages, wherever you are, you have gifts that God has given you specifically to use in those places. And those gifts together, when we put those together with those who we are in community with, with the rest of the church body, that is what makes cities change. It's how revival happens. It's how the kingdom of God comes here to earth, and it's how the Spirit unites us. When the Holy Spirit gives gifts, he doesn't focus on the quality of the individual. He focuses on the power of God at work in and through you and in and through the church body as a whole. Each of us is unique, but not so that we are separate and different, but so that we are united and different. I absolutely love identifying all of your gifts. It's kind of a passion of mine. I love identifying them, encouraging you to grow in them. Um, I love watching you go and use your gifts for the good of the kingdom. I think it's incredible to see how God has made you and how he's brought you here to us so that we can all use those gifts together. I think it's perfect how he takes you as a piece and puts you into the big puzzle of the church. Although gifts are amazing though, it's actually the fruit that we produce out of those gifts and the maturity that he gives us and our unitedness that is what really matters. Because when we bear the fruit of Jesus, we're practicing the ways of Jesus and reflecting his character. We become like him and less like this world. Galatians 5, 19 through 23 shows the contrast 
between a life bearing the fruit of the world and a life that reflects the character of Jesus or bears the fruit of the Spirit. It says when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Have you ever known someone who has an assumption of what the character of Jesus is? Someone that has based those thoughts on what they've been taught or based on what they've experienced themselves or based on what they see in Christians around them. What they believe looks a lot different than the fruit of the Spirit. Sometimes I think it's that they think they have to work really hard in order to make Jesus happy or to earn his approval. Or maybe they think they aren't perfect, so then he will be angry or he will punish them in some way. They could even be thinking that Jesus doesn't love them, that it's not possible for him to love them, or they're not worthy of his love. There are many lies people believe about the character of Christ, but we know the truth, and we can reflect the truth and show people who Jesus is. The character of Jesus is exactly what Galatians 5, and 23 says. He is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is Jesus. The Spirit wants to mature us to be like that so that we reflect the character of Jesus, not the fruit of this world. We should want to be overflowing with the spirit of fruit because we want to show people who Jesus is, the true character of who he is. Last week, Drew talked about the fact that fruit trees don't grow the fruit for themselves. It's not as though they're picking themselves and eating the fruit for their own benefit. And just like the fruit tree, the fruit we produce isn't for our own benefit either. When we reflect the love of Jesus, it's to set aside our own preferences and desires and to put other people first. It's so other people can see the surprising, overwhelming love of Jesus. When we reflect spiritual joy, others know that same joy and they see Jesus. When we bring our worries and concerns to him in prayer or when we pray for others' concerns, They see the spiritual peace that overcomes the chaos of this world, and they see the peace and patience that can only be the result of the Holy Spirit. Because of the kindness and goodness that Jesus has shown us, we're able to give away that same thing to others, showing them the kindness and goodness that doesn't make sense, but shows them who Jesus really is. So do you see why we need the Holy Spirit to mature us? It's so we can reflect the character of Christ. We need him so we can have faith when we see all the brokenness and pain of this world. And we need him so that we can offer gentleness with humility. We need him so that we can have self-control necessary to overcome our sinful nature. You see, the fruit of the Spirit most definitely isn't for our own benefit. It's for others to see who Jesus really is and to experience him through us and through our church body as a whole. It's for that last part of Acts that I read earlier. It said, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. 
When we join Jesus in what he's doing and the people around us, the Holy Spirit helps reflect his character through our maturity and unity in order to continue the work of Jesus and grow the kingdom. Acts 2, 42 to 47 is the perfect picture of the body of Christ that we should strive for by devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, by sharing meals together, praying together, yes, even performing miracles, which we'll get to next week, by sharing everything we have, worshiping and praising God, and then we will see God add to our fellowship those who are being saved. That isn't the result of what we can do on our own. It isn't the result of what he does through us. I think we can put forth a lot of effort to try and be like Jesus. We can try and act like him, be like him under our own power. We can um, try and do things on our own without relying on him, try to look a lot like Jesus, but it's only the Holy Spirit who reveals the character of Jesus in us. When we allow him to change us, we get to follow that wild goose. And through our union, our maturity, the fruit of the Spirit, Jesus' work continues. The kingdom grows, the brokenness of this world is repaired and restored, and all through the body of Christ, the church, we do this with the Holy Spirit. What's described in Acts reflects a body of believers living like Jesus in unity for the good of all who are around them. It's the picture of how the Holy Spirit changes everything, how he disrupts our status quo for the good of all to allow God's plan to be accomplished through us. I want to look like that. I want to look like Jesus, not this broken world. And I sure do want our church to look like that too. We are who Jesus chose to carry on his work. We're a diverse people who are united in one spirit for the one purpose of restoring God's creation for the hope of the world. I'm grateful that I get to be part of a body of Christ who celebrates our differences. I hope that we make an effort to mature in Christ. I hope that we never settle for comfortable. I hope that as we partner with other churches and other businesses in Canal Fulton, that we are doing that for the good of the city and to reflect Jesus in everything that we do. I hope we never hesitate to throw up our sails and catch the Holy Spirit's wind and allow him to invite us into an adventure. All of us together, joining him for the day that heaven comes to earth. It feels to me like a small piece of that hope that I experienced in Poland years ago. The hope of the future yet to come when Jesus returns, which is getting closer and closer as we allow ourselves to be disrupted and become more like him. Casey, could I call you back up for a time of reflection, please? We have a decision to make as we continue to live as the body of Christ. We have to decide if we want to look more like Jesus. Do you want to look more like Jesus? Do you want the fruit of the Spirit? Do you want to look like Jesus instead of this broken world? Is it our desire as a church body to be disrupted, to change, to grow, to mature into a reflection of Christ? We're going to come to the table soon, but first we're going to take a moment to reflect on what we've talked about today. During this time, I want you to feel free to sit or stand, to kneel, walk around if you'd like, be in prayer with each other alone, 
Wanda and I will actually be in the back. Um, we would love to pray for you. We would love to advocate for you. The prayer that we've been praying throughout this series is simple. It's just simply, Holy Spirit, come. We want him and we need him. So pray that. Pray that with those who are sitting around you. Or pray that alone or come back to Wanda and I. We would love to take a moment and pray with you as well. Let's go ahead and take a moment to reflect.
The United Methodist Church has a pray, prayer that they pray on World Communion Sunday, and it goes, by your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Amen. On the night that Jesus met with his disciples and told them what was going to happen, he broke the bread at the table. He said that this is my body and it will be broken for you. Remember me and take and eat. Then he poured out the wine and he said, this is my blood spilled for you to create a new covenant. Remember me, take and drink. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. Fill each of us so that we can mature in you and we can reflect the fruit of the Spirit in every encounter, in every space, with every person that we are with. We pray that you would do this out of your power for the good of our city to move your kingdom forward. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I have just a couple of announcements before we leave today. Um, one is that uh, every now and then we get together for a very casual lunch called the What For. The What For is for anyone who is new to River Tree Canal Fulton who would like to know more about us we would love to know more about you as well. And so we're having this on July the 17th at 11.30, that's a Sunday, so it's right after church, and we go down to the Speakeasy downtown. It's the coffee shop that we own down there, and we have just a casual um, lunch full of very yummy subs, and we tell you a little bit more about us. We hear more about you, answer any questions that you have. Um, it's just a great way to get to know uh, you and for you to get to know our staff as well. So that's on July 17th at 11.30. Uh, you can sign up and let us know you're coming to that by going to rivertreecanalfulton.com. Uh, also, we talked earlier about living for 4614, living for the people and places where God has placed us. And this week, we um, have many opportunities to do that. But um, this week is Canal Days, so we hope that you all will uh, go down to Canal Days and serve there just um, by looking like Jesus, by being there to help others, to have fun with your families, to invite your neighbors to go with you to have fun. In any way um, that he is calling you to, we hope that you enjoy this weekend. It's an amazing opportunity to be out in our community being a reflection of Jesus. Also, if you have some time and would like to help, um, the speakeasy gets pretty crazy during Canal Days and we could use your help. We like to serve our community um, in a way that reflects Jesus and when it's that busy, we just need all hands on deck. So if you have a few minutes, please go to rivertreecanalfulton.com and let us know when you can be there to lend a hand for that. One more reminder, there are backpacks in the back. Um, I hope that you will pick those up on your way out. They are due back here on July 24th. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope that you're able to go out and just be the fruit of the Spirit with everyone that you meet and that you would reflect Him. Have a great week. <laughs>